Don't you love an extra $100 in your pocket? Have a TurboTax expert file your taxes for you by March 31st to get $100 back instantly. Because no matter what moves you made last year, TurboTax makes them count. That means getting $100 back and 100% accurate taxes only from Intuit TurboTax. Must file by 331. Credit only applicable to federal filing fees with TurboTax full service. Offer can be modified or terminated at any time. Come on, make 
Callers, please hold on. Don't hang up. We're about ready to start our service. Having a little technical problem here. We're about ready okay. to start. Thank you. Good evening, after good afternoon, everyone. Uh, welcome to our Saturday evening worship service of Refuge from the Storm Church. This is Saturday, February the 16th. It's the third Saturday in February. Again, I say welcome and greetings on behalf of our pastor, Reverend Dr. Millicent Black, to all of our regular listeners and members, and to any new listeners. It's, again, a privilege and an honor to have you here to worship with us. And to our new listeners, we welcome you as guests, and we pray that you will leave as friends and that you will leave with a desire to come back and be in regular worship with us. God is altogether holy, pure, and righteous. Indeed, he is a consuming fire. So let us offer to God acceptable worship with reverence and awe. We invite you to connect with us and to come and participate in the life of this church that was planted to spiritually serve targeted individuals in North America and around the world. And again, we desire to be a a source of hope, encouragement, and purpose in the lives of all TIs and those who support them. So again, on behalf of uh, Pastor Black, we welcome you for coming today. Our worship service serving team this evening will consist of Pastor Black, and we have Minister Pamela Williams, who will deliver the preach word today. Elder Carolyn Cunningham will serve as our worship leader. 
and Sister Cheryl Harvey will lead us in a beautiful opening song. Today, Sister Helena Thompson is our talk show manager, and Sister Cheryl Harvey is our assistant manager. Sister Kim Straub will lead us to the throne of grace in altar prayer, and Sister Kim will also extend our invitation to discipleship today. Just a reminder of the coming week's events, we invite you to join with us this Wednesday night, that's February the 20th, for our small group Bible study. Remember, we're using the book Anchored as our textbook for this study. This week's title is called, if I'm pronouncing it correctly, Derocho's Devastation, and Derocho's, my understanding, is a type of storm. It's subtitled, Nehemiah, Rebuilding Broken Teens. So that's Derocho's Devastation, subtitled, Nehemiah, Rebuilding Broken Teens. Now, if you have an opportunity this week, if you can read the first, the second chapter of Nehemiah, the fourth through the sixth chapters, and the ninth chapter, and then you'll be ready to join us for, for our study. That's the first, second, fourth, through sixth, and the ninth chapter of Nehemiah. So we'll be looking forward to seeing you on this coming Wednesday night, starting at 7, uh, 7 p.m. Central Standard Time, 8 p.m. Eastern Standard Time. Now, Pastor invites you to join us for the daily morning prayer, Monday through Fridays, beginning at 6.30 a.m. Eastern Time, 5.30 a.m. Central Standard Time, and 3.30 a.m. Pacific Time. Please put us on your schedule for Monday through Fridays for our daily morning prayer call. And then on Saturday morning, Minister Juanita Purdy facilitates our Saturday morning prayer call. That begins at 11.30 a.m. Eastern Time, 10.30 a.m. Central Standard Time, and 8.30 a.m. Pacific Time. Now, um, I'll ask you to refer to your newsletter for this particular announcement. Sister Linda Casrays, who is also a TI but a friend of Refuge from the Storm Church, she's Evangelist Linda Casrays. She's calling all TIs to meet her on her uh, call, and she represents Gateways, uh, excuse me, Gatekeepers Ministry. She leads that ministry. So she's inviting all TIs to tune in to uh, her call, and you can call in and speak to your issues and your experiences as a targeted individual. And please refer to your newsletter for that particular um, call-in number. Now remember, our prayer focus for this month as we're getting moving to a close of February is love others as God loves us. And 1 John 4:21 says, and... This commandment we have from him, that the one who loves God should love his brother also. And remember, there's more than one way to show love, of course, to pray for one another always, for friends and family and those in your circle of influence. But be observant to others and show genuine concern about the needs of others and share in the lives and the needs of others. And reach out and talk to someone that's different than you. So there's all sorts of ways to show the love of God to others. 
Now, remember during the week, if you have a prayer request that you'd like to get to us, please just email us at the church email, refugefromstorm at aol.com. That's refugefromstorm at aol.com. And I'll be sure and forward your prayer request to Pastor Millicent and or to Minister Juanita Purdy. Another kindly reminder, as we go through the service, we always remind you that we want to maintain the reverence of the service. Uh, so please mute your phones as necessary, especially when you know that there's background noise uh, where you are. Uh, we ask for your cooperation in that matter. So thank you for your attention to the church announcements. If all of your hearts and minds are clear, we're going to focus our hearts and our minds on worship. So we invite the Holy Spirit who is indwelling us to inhabit every part of this worship service and to inhabit and enliven every listener. So we say, send heaven to earth tonight, O God. You are awesome and you are wonderful. We want to create an atmosphere where we stand in awe of you, O God. So we'll ask Sister Cheryl to come and lead us in an opening song after that time Elder Carolyn will lead us through the rest of the worship service. Be blessed today. Amen. Good afternoon. Good afternoon, Good everyone. Afternoon. Good afternoon. Um, I'll be singing, We Worship and Adore Thee. We worship and adore Thee. Falling down before thee, songs of praise singing, hallelujah ringing, hallelujah, hallelujah. Hallelujah. Amen. We worship and adore thee, bowing down before thee, songs of praise singing. Hallelujah, ringing. Hallelujah, 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 ah, Amen. Hallelujah, 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 ah, Amen. Hallelujah. Ah. 
Alleluia. Ah, amen. 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 Thank you, Sister Cheryl, for gifting us with that beautiful hymn. The scripture today is taken from the book of Ephesians, chapter 6, verses 10 through 20. Finally, my brethren, be strong in the Lord and in the power of his might. Put on the whole armor of God that you may be able to stand against the wiles of the devil. For we do not wrestle against flesh and blood, but against principalities, against powers, against the rulers of the darkness of this age, against spiritual hosts of wickedness in the heavenly places. Therefore, Take up the whole armor of God, that you may be able to withstand in the evil day, and having done all, to stand. Stand, therefore, having girded your waist with truth, having put on the breastplate of righteousness, and having shod your feet with the preparation of the gospel of peace. Above all, taking the shield of faith with which you will be able to quench all the fiery darts of the wicked one. And take the helmet of salvation and the sword of the Spirit, which is the word of God, praying always with all prayer and supplication in the Spirit, being watchful to this end with all perseverance and supplication for all the saints. And for me, that utterance may be given to me, that I may open my mouth boldly, to make known the mystery of the gospel, for which I am an ambassador in chains, that in it I may speak boldly as I ought to speak. Amen. Let us pray. Heavenly Father, Lord Jesus, Holy Spirit, we praise and worship you as the one and only true God. We thank you for your goodness, your grace, your mercy, and your abundance. Thank you, Lord, for your presence, your strength, your power, your courage, with which you, Lord, imbue us as we wage this war every day against evil. Remind us, as Paul says in this passage, that we wrestle against the powers of evil and not against man. The enemy is not of man, but of Satan. Remind us that we are not in this war alone, but we are in it with you, Lord, at the helm, fighting this war for us. We must, therefore, turn this burden over to you as we do all that is humanly possible to resist Satan. We resist Satan with our righteousness, our obedience to you, and our faith and trust in you, Lord, through the power of your Holy Spirit. Amen, amen, and amen. Now let us listen to the praise song, Give You Praise, Lord, by the Chicago Mass Choir. It will be followed by the altar prayer, which Sister Kim will offer today.
Sister Ken.
Is Sister Kim there? Um, perhaps she wasn't oh. loaded. I'm sorry. I'm sorry. Um, I just I got cut off. I apologize. Okay, it's okay. Okay. Um, dear Father in Heaven, thank you for all the blessings you have given us. Thank you for food and water. We pray for those without food and water today as we speak. Please comfort them and give them uh, what they need, and please bless them with uh, the necessities of life. And dear God, we ask that you protect and shield us from harm, from the evil ones' plots and plans. Please give us stronger backs to carry our loads. We ask that you bless the message today and speak to our hearts as only you can. Please uh, bless everyone on this call and all the TIs around the world. Please direct us to do your will and uh, direct us in our daily work. Uh, I wanted to, uh, in Psalms 23, 4, even though I walk through the valley of the shadow of death, I will fear no evil, for you are with me, your God and your staff, they comfort me. We pray for our oppressors that you show them your evil ways and turn your heart uh, towards you. Uh, please convict them, turn away from evil. Use us as your tools to do your will, and please help us to focus on your goodness and righteousness, especially when negative actions are perpetrated against us. Please renew our minds and hearts to keep us focused kind to those uh, who may not be kind to us, and loving to those who show no love. Dear God, we know that, you, that the only way we can do this is through your Holy Spirit. So please fill us with your Holy Spirit and empty us of our unrighteousness. And help us to spread the good news and encourage others. Please, Lord, shine light on the darkness in this world. We love you. In Christ's name we pray. Amen. 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 Thank you, Sister Kim. I would like to ask everyone to mute their phones because, unfortunately, we could not hear a lot of Sister Kim's prayer because of the interference. Before I continue, please mute your phones. Thank you. Now, Pastor Milton has requested, I still hear the interference. Pastor Milton has requested that this week and next week, I devote a few minutes talking about Howard Thurman, a famous theologian within the context of black, a black history moment. Black history is American history uh, every day of the year. Every year, the United States designates February as Black or African American History Month. This should serve as a reminder to us all that the history of 
African-American people is American history. With that in mind, let us remember today Howard Thurman, a world-renowned theologian and civil rights leader who spent his uh, early years in Florida. He was born in West Palm Beach, Florida in 1899 and was raised in Daytona, Florida. In his education, he attended Florida Baptist Academy in Jacksonville, Florida. In higher education, he graduated from Morehouse College in Atlanta. He received his seminary training at Rochester Theological Seminary. Noteworthy was his selection as the first dean of Rankin Chapel at Howard University in 1932. It was his travels abroad that expanded his heart, mind, and soul to fully embrace nonviolence as a way of life in the civil rights movement. Through his meetings with Mahatma Gandhi and other world figures, he was able to do this. Before his travels, Thurman had received special training in Quaker philosophy and mysticism at Haverford College in Haverford, Pennsylvania under the tutelage of Rufus Jones, one of the most influential Quakers of the 20th century. Howard Thurman took his education, special, specialized religious training, Christian missions experience, scholarly pursuits, and knowledge gleaned from world travels and leaders with him in 1944 to San Francisco, where he established the church for the fellowship of all peoples. Next week, we'll take a look at his religious work that followed, some of his most famous books, and talk about how he influenced so many as a spiritual advisor. Thank you. Now we'll listen to a worship song entitled no, no, we won't. Well, we will have, I'm sorry, we will have the invitation to giving. Our church, Refuge from the Storm, provides refuge from targeting by tending to the spiritual needs of those of us who are targeted. We're similar to other organizations where people who are targeted in that we have financial needs to accomplish our goals. For those listeners who are able, we'd like you to consider making a financial contribution. This can be done in any way you'd like to do it, in any amount. We welcome all donations, one-time donations, or weekly, monthly, bimonthly, quarterly, or annually. To make your contribution, please contact either the pastor, Reverend Millicent, by email at mgrace321 at gmail.com or Ms. Gloria Sterling McGill, our administrative assistant at refugefromstorm at aol.com. Thank you. Now, in preparation to hear the message today, which will be delivered by Minister Pam, we will listen to a worship song, Sanctuary, 
by Angela Prim. I will. 
Thank you for the uh, playing the song of introduction. Can everyone hear me? Yes. Yes, this is Tamara, and my husband, uh, Pastor Terrence, is here as well. And we are delighted, and thank you again for giving us the opportunity to minister to the people. Because as we do so, we're ministering to ourselves as well. We're all going through a journey on this earth, and we have ups and downs and, and hills and valleys, each one. And even day by day, we're working towards growing closer to Jesus, which we know we won't be perfect at until he gets here. So thank you for, for the opportunity. And today I want to talk about uh, spiritual warfare, which is extremely important, but in some church communities and sometimes in the church, it is not a very prevalent topic because, it, you know, I grew up in a denominational, uh, tr- pretty traditional Baptist church. I never heard very much at all about spiritual warfare until I became really truly born again in earnest, um, and that was in the late 90s. And I was going to a church that was Pentecostal-style church that understood and taught a lot about spiritual warfare. So wherever you are spiritually, whether you're from a denominational church or whether you're from a more of a uh, full gospel type or Pentecostal, spiritual warfare is, is an important tool and it's real. I've been in the military. I spent time in the U.S. Army, and I've spent time working for government agencies that protect the the United States. And I can tell you that battles are real, and anybody that's been in any kind of warfare knows that first you have to understand who the enemy is before you can even fight the enemy. And you have to understand what tools you have at your disposal before you can fight the enemy. And you can be as saved as you want to be, and you can be as... as, um, spiritual as you want to be. But if you're leaving some tools unused, then you're not the most effective in fighting that, that enemy, which is, which is Satan. It's a spiritual foe. Even when people in the earth come against us, and they do. I mean, everything that we all go through, and even the, these issues that we go through with targeting, it, there's human beings involved. But of course, we know that the real culprit behind it is Satan. And I like the uh, introductory uh, reading that talked about, it was from Ephesians Six, which is really important, is one of my favorites, because it talks about putting on the full armor, but using the weapons that we have at, at our disposal. And that's, you know, I didn't know that, that was going to be the topic, but this fits right in with, with what I'm going to be talking about. So day by day, we go through spiritual warfare. Now, I remember somebody saying that if we could see, if we could see the kinds of 
demonic attacks that come against us on a regular basis, we would probably faint from fright. We'd probably have a heart attack from fright because there's so many. You've seen those cartoons where somebody's walking down the street or walking along a path and somebody's trying to throw a big boulder on them or throw an anvil out of a window to smash them like the roadrunner and everything. This is what we're in every single moment of our lives, every day. Now, we can, um, some of that stuff is manifest in ways that we can see and feel and, and actually see people doing it, and sometimes it's not. But even with the ones we see or don't see, they're all motivated by the same um, source, and that's Satan. So I want to um, talk about how, show some examples of how Jesus overcame Satan and then kind of show us how, some tools that we, can, we have that, can, that we can use ourselves, okay? So let's look at um, when Jesus was, was tempted by the devil. Let's start with Matthew chapter 4, and we're going to go to verse 1, Matthew 4 and 1. And if you have your Bible, please, please follow along with me and mark some of these down. Um, you've seen these scriptures before, but um, I'm going to start over. And this is when Jesus was first received the Holy Spirit, and of course you remember the story. He went up to the mountain. So four, four, verse 1. Then Jesus was led up by the Spirit into the wilderness to be tempted by the devil. And when he had fasted 40 days and 40 nights, afterwards he was hungry. And when the tempter came to him, he said, If you are the Son of God, command these stones to be made bread. But he answered and said, It is written, Man shall not live by bread alone, but by every word that proceedeth out of the mouth of God. Then the devil took him up to the holy city and said to him, If you are the Son of God, throw yourself down, for it is written that he will give his angels charge over you, and they will bear you up, that you should put against the stone. And Jesus replied to him, again, it is written, you shall not tempt the Lord thy God. And the devil took him up on an exceedingly high mountain and showed him the kingdoms of the earth with all their glory. And he said to him, all these things I will give to you if you will fall down and worship me. And this part I always think is funny because he was giving Jesus something that he, he himself already owned. And I thought that's so how how um, uninformed the devil is or something demented because he was trying to give Jesus something that we all know that Jesus owns everything. Then Jesus said to him, Away with you, Satan, for it is written that you shall worship the Lord thy God and him only shall you serve. Then the devil left him and the angels came and ministered to him. Okay? So now we see Jesus not unlike us being tempted by the devil. Now, whether the devil came to him in a physical manifestation station as something that he could see and touch, or whether it was just uh, uh, talking to him and speaking to him, the same thing happens to us. It happens to us through human beings. It happens to us through certain thoughts we might have. Um, and Jesus did one thing that I learned a long time ago when I first became, when I first got saved, is that he used the word out loud. Okay, out loud. He said it is written, and he said a scripture. And the next time he said, again, it is written, and he said a scripture. And then Dell came back again, and he used scripture, and said out loud, it is written. And then after he said it three times, the devil left, and the angels came and ministered to him. And this is something that we can do daily. I learned a long time ago in, 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 in the kind of church that some people call word faith, and I kind of don't subscribe to that anymore. But one thing I do describe to, subscribe to in what they do is the word is used out loud. Scriptures are used out loud. So you can say scriptures out loud. And there's certain scriptures like, let's just give an example of uh, you're afraid. So, like maybe the devil will say, um, you know, you're never going to get better from this health um, 
condition that you have, or your kid is never going to get saved or, you know, t- turn his life around. Then you can say, out of the word, in the name of Jesus, by the stripes of Jesus Christ, I am healed. I mean, you can use scriptures, and you can have cards. And I have a little card in my, keep in my wallet, and they're all kind of worn and bent, but I can still read them, that I keep in my purse. And um, these scriptures, most of the time, I don't have to look at them because I've memorized most of the things that I want to say. But the word spoken out loud is power. It is power. God spoke the world into existence, and he, and he said things out of his mouth when he created this world. We can use the word of God as a weapon, like in Ephesians 10 where it says the full armor of God, and you notice that a lot of the things are the shield of faith and the breastplate of righteousness, and you see all these defensive weapons. But then at the end he says, and take out the sword of the spirit, which is the word of God. The word of God is literally like wielding a sword and chopping Satan to pieces. The word of God, our Bible, spoken. And we, it's not just knowing the word, and it's not just thinking or meditating on it either. It's literally taking an a arrow out of your quiver, and you're pulling and firing. Now, having those arrows are good, and if you had a gun, having bullets is good too. But until you fire that thing, it's just a weapon just sitting there. So I have had to do this on my own. I, don't, I can't tell you how many times I've done it. I also sing songs of praise, which is another powerful tool that we have. So um, that's the example of how Jesus did it. I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to go next to 2 Timothy chapter 3 and talk some more about how, the, how the, uh, we fought against the devil. 2 Timothy chapter 3, verse 12. Okay. Okay, it says, All who desire to live godly in Christ Jesus will suffer persecution, okay? So it doesn't even say all who live godly, because I, I know I don't always do it, but I have a desire to daily. I mean, today I probably fell short because I, was, my, my, I got agitated and everything, and this, this very day. But I know that I have a desire in my heart to, to live godly. So it says in 12, yes, all who desire to live godly in Jesus Christ will suffer persecution. 13, but evil men and impostors will grow worse and worse, deceiving and being deceived. But you, believer, must continue in the things that you have learned and been assured of knowing from whom you have learned them, and that from, the, from childhood you have known the Holy Scriptures, which are able to make you wise for salvation through faith, which is in Christ Jesus. All Scripture is given by inspiration of God and is profitable for doctrine, for reproof, for correction, for instruction in righteousness, that the man and woman or woman of God may be complete, thoroughly equipped for every good work. Okay? So it talks about how important the Word of God is. Not just reading it, not just knowing it, not just even thinking it, but you've got to speak it out loud. And uh, I'm trying to remember who said this. I, I can't remember, but he said, you cannot fight thoughts with thoughts. So say you have a thought like, oh, I'm going to, um, you know, I'm going to get sick. And then you just let that thought just roll around in your head. You can't think, well, no, I'm not going to get sick. You need to say it. So he said, this particular preacher said, you can't fight thoughts with thoughts. You can only fight thoughts with words. So somebody please write that down. You can't fight thoughts with thoughts. You can only fight thoughts with words. Um, And it has worked for me. I mean, it's not like I get it right every time because the Lord knows I don't. 
But I know that when I'm really in a battle, I need to open my mouth and say something. Okay, so that was 2 Timothy 3, 12 through 17. Now 2 Timothy chapter 4, then it says, verse 1, I charge you therefore before God and the Lord Jesus Christ, who will judge the living and the dead at his appearing and his kingdom. Preach the word, be ready in season and out of season, convince, rebuke, exhort with all long-suffering. For the time will come when they will not endure sound doctrine, but according to their own desires, because they have itching ears, will heap up for themselves teachers. And they will turn away, their ears away from the truth, and be turned aside to fables. But you, believer, be watchful in all things, endure affliction, and do the work of an evangelist and fulfill your ministry. Okay, so it's telling us to continue to do our good work that we need to do here. And that we, um, we, we all have a calling if we're a believer. Whether or not we are, have a title, a ministry title, or whether or not we're serving in a ministry office, when we are born again, even when we're persecuted, it sounds, sounds almost um, unrealistic for us to say we're supposed to preach because we're, we're under duress and we're under so much persecution ourselves. But I think that's the time when we shine because think about how much the disciples, all the apostles were under persecution and they just kept on, particularly Paul. Paul was imprisoned a lot of times. I'm sure he was in pain. He had some type of physical um, ailment that was going on in his body. We don't know what it is when he talks about that thorn. And he just kept preaching. He kept preaching. And I know um, there was one couple that I knew that their kid was going through something. And somebody said, oh, I want them to minister to my child. And they said, oh, we can't because our child is a mess and we don't have to minister to other people. That's, where, that's why you can do it. Because if you're going through something, you're perfectly equipped to sow into other people, even if your issue is not solved yet. And there's many times when we're, we're still struggling with things and we have to help others, even, even in our situation, our prayer hasn't yet been answered. Uh, let's go to Luke um, chapter 10. And I want uh, another other examples of how Jesus overcame Satan. Verse 1 through 3, okay? In the wrong book. Okay? Luke chapter 10, verse 1. After these things, the Lord appointed 70 others also and sent them two by two before his face into every city and place where he, got, he himself was about to go. Then he said to them, The harvest is truly great, but the laborers are few. Therefore, I pray that the Lord of the harvest send out laborers. Go your way. Behold, I send you as lambs among wolves. Okay? So he's saying that we're out here. We're, we're, in a, we're like behind enemy lines, basically. I, another military analogy, because I've been in the military and I learned all about how to survive. And I, I went in the Army right after Vietnam. So um, Vietnam was over, but it was on the wind-down part. And so there were still some prisoners that were still continued to be captured at the time that I was joining, the war was over, but there were missing prisoners that were still in, in Vietnamese prison camps. And I remember they taught us how to survive in a, in a, in a Vietnamese prison camp. And, I, and the war was over, but I guess, I don't know, that's, much, that's what they were teaching at that time, because it was right, just literally right after the war when I joined. And they taught us all kinds of things like how to forage for food, how to um, keep you know, keep things on our feet so we can, you know, if the enemy offers us something that, um, you know, 
certain things we could take and certain things we weren't allowed to take, certain things we could say and certain things we weren't allowed to say. They taught us completely how to survive behind any lines. And, I mean, people use those tools and stayed alive. I mean, you know, John McCain, other people came out of uh, Viet Cong prison camps because they learned how to survive. And so we're in that same kind of thing. We're in this world. We might, live, we might have nice homes or we might have a comfortable environment or maybe we don't, but we're still in an enemy camp. Because this earth, the Bible says Satan is the ruler of this world. So really, until we get a home on the other side, we're like behind enemy lines, and we've got to fight. We've got to fight, and we've got to use all the tools, just like the military showed those soldiers how to stay alive in, a war, in an enemy prison camp. And I learned that stuff, you know. I can probably survive in the wilderness now because of that. You know, I know how to find certain foods. And by the way, you can eat dandelions, and you can eat things like that. They're, they're food. Um, anyway, so... It talks about uh, how Jesus was able to overcome Satan, and we have to do that as, as being in the enemy's camp. So I'm going to go down to verse 17, uh, Luke 10. Um, it says, The 70 returned with joy, saying, Lord, even the demons are subject to your name. And he said to him, Them, them. I saw Satan fall like lightning from heaven. Behold, I give you authority to trample on serpents and scorpions, and over all the power of the enemy, and nothing shall by any means hurt you. Okay, you heard that? And he said, and y'all, then he said, don't, but don't rejoice in that. Just rejoice that you're saved and your name's written in heaven. So he's saying he's given us his power. So I have this little, these little cards, and I keep them, and I have them numbered 1 through 12, and I'll make little copies. These are handwritten. I can make copies of them. But, uh, and I also still have some other stuff that I said I was going to give you guys, which I haven't ha- had a chance to do. We've been extremely busy in our family for the last month, really. But I did want to, I still want to plan on giving you all those, this, what I call countermeasure and coping tools, which is kind of my way of, of living in an enemy's camp, like they taught us in the Army. I'll, I'll put that in the newsletter, I promise. I just haven't had time to do it yet. But anyway, let me tell you about these little cards that I have. One of them, it has on the top of the card, I have topics. One of them says, Jesus Christ defeats Satan. The next one says rebuke demons. The next one says rebuke demons. The next one says spiritual warfare. And the next one is warfare and prayer. So I'm going to just share a, little, a few things. I'm not going to read everything, but like when Jesus defeats Satan, Satan, it says Jesus came to destroy the works of Satan. And it has 1 John 1, 3, and 9. It has the battle of the, it's not, it's, it's the Lord's. It has the thief comes to steal. And on the back, okay, on the back of, the, of each one of these cards, I have a little some little things that I say. So let me read the back of this one. On the back of this one it says, I have on the whole armor, of, it's a declaration. I have on the whole armor of God. The belt of truth, the breastplate of righteousness, my feet are shot in preparation of the gospel of peace. I have on my helmet of salvation and I have the sword of, sword of the spirit which is the word of God. Okay, that's on the back of that one card. The next card says, um, I know that Jesus is above every name. And they have the scriptures on the side. And it says, so, at the name of Jesus, every knee shall bow in heaven and earth and under the earth. Every tongue shall confess that Jesus Christ is Lord. That's on the back, written on the back of that card. On the back of this card it says, God has exalted Jesus and given him a name that is above every name. I put the scripture next to that one. On the back of this one it says, as a disciple, I can cast out demons in Jesus' name. Jesus sent me and I have the power to cast out demons and heal sicknesses. Okay, and then the next, one, next line says, I have the authority to order demons, and they must obey me. The next one, I command you to be quiet and come out. And then on the back of this one it says, with Jesus' name, I have the authority over all demons, and they must obey. Therefore, 
by the power and the authority of the name of Jesus Christ, I command every demonic spirit, including, and I put a blank line, to be quiet and come out. Now, um, according to the word of God, uh, you are free, and whoever the sun sets free is free indeed. So I have all these little things that I say. I've got them on the back of these cards, and I don't, I don't take these cards out because a lot of times I know this stuff by heart. But um, it's important to have a ready arsenal of things to say. If you can remember it, fine. If you can't, get the little cards. I've got them in my wallet, and I've had these things in here for years. Put some cards together and have some things to say. And if you, don't have, if you know some scriptures by heart, and we all do. I mean, we read the Bible enough. We've got to know some scriptures by heart. Then have those things ready to run out of your mouth and fire it like a weapon. It's literally like you're lock and load. I mean, we learned this in the military. Lock and load. Okay, lock, you know what I'm saying, when they pull that, that trigger, lock and load. I remember one time we went, I went somewhere as a reporter. I used to write for the newspaper, the Atlanta Journal-Constitution. I went to the, with the SWAT team to um, a training session that they had up in the mountains. All these cops, I mean like 20 or 30 of them, one little old tent, tiny skinny girl, me, by myself. I mean, I was the only female out there. I don't even think they had any female cops out there that day. We were in this thing, we have, they had gone on a whitewater rafting um, mission to, I guess I don't know why they were doing that, but anyway, when we got back to the other part where we were getting ready to go in this place to eat, somebody was up on the top of the ridge, and it looked like they had a weapon, and they did, and I think they were cutting down trees, but those cops, I mean, it was the Atlanta SWAT team, they said, enemy, uh, possible enemy up there, and they said, lock and lock, and you heard, you heard all this, <laughs> you heard like 20 people, these guys pulled their weapons, I was like, let me get out of the way here. They thought they saw an enemy up top. It was a man, it was some kind of old man up on the kind of a, on a ridge up there, and he was he was cutting down a tree, but it looked like he might have been pointing something towards them. But he was trying to cut a tree or something. It wasn't a gun to me. But I heard somebody say "lock and load," and all you heard was, and so I was used to that in the military, but not like that. But what I'm saying is, we got to be ready. Those cops were ready. They were all they had been in a, in a river that day. They were soaked. They had. But when it came time to, for them to, to defend their position, they didn't hesitate. They, that man, he was like, no, the, the, guy that was, the guy that said, no, that's our tree cutter or something. And they, that man was going to be like, he was going to be mincemeat because they were ready to fire those weapons. You've got to be ready. We can't sit around and say, oh, well, the devil's picking on me again. You know, I guess I'm just going to pray. Okay, pray and talk. Pray and talk. And so... That's the part where we got to really be ready to fire our weapons. We can't just know the word. we got to say the word, all right? So um, I wrote down to defeat Satan. We have to go on spiritual offense. We can't always be on defense. We can't be. We have to be on offense. we got to be out there fighting and gaining ground. And I learned a lot just even by watching football with my husband because um, when somebody is um, – you know, getting ready to score, you can defense, but you need to be making, you need to be getting some gaining yardage, getting, gaining first, gaining downs, and you, you got to keep pushing forward to gain yardage. And you can't just sit there and, and try to hold the other people off. So we have to make offense by using the word of God, which is the only offensive weapon that, that I can remember. Somebody correct me if I'm wrong, in Ephesians 6. The only weapon of offense is the, um, the sword, which is the word of God. Okay, so... Jesus kept saying, it is written. He said, it is written, it is written, it is written, it is written, it is written. Okay? And then I'm going to talk about how we can do what Jesus did. So let's go to the book of John, verse 14. 
And, I mean, I'm sorry, chapter 14, verse 12. Verse 12 says, Most assuredly I say to you, Jesus said, he who believes in me, the works that I do, he will do also, and greater works than these shall he do. And I go to my Father. And whenever you ask in my Father's name, that will I do, that the Father may be glorified in the Son. If you ask anything in my name, I will do it. Okay? So I've heard this a lot, and I, I all, people say, well, you know, I ask in Jesus' name that I win the lottery. Well, you can ask God, but it's, it also says in another scripture, and scripture does not contradict itself, if you ask anything according to your will. So when he says, you ask anything in my name, I'll do it, he means according to his will. He doesn't mean like, I hope that my, somebody I don't like will fall off a cliff. <laughs> of course, we would never say anything like that. But anyway, so he says that we can do the same things that he has done. So you can, you can see all through the Bible where he defeated Satan, where he cast him out, where he spoke against him, where he, he spoke right back to the devil. He didn't sit around saying, oh, well, this devil is picking on me and in his mind. He said it with his mouth. He wrote, he said it. And he said it to, to, to people in authority. He it's not like we have to be rude because the Bible tells us to respect authority. But we're, I don't think there's anything wrong with us proclaiming our God before authorities and saying who we belong to and saying who we serve. I mean, I said at one time at work one day, somebody said to me, well, you know, this, you're not gonna, this particular thing you're not going to be able to achieve or something. I said, well, what happens to me is not up to human beings. What happens to me and my husband is up to God. And I said that, and I, and I wasn't disrespectful at all. I said it just like I said it to you, not mean, not disrespectful. This is a person that was in authority over me, but I let him know. My well-being is not in the hand of humans. It never has been because I was chosen before the womb. That's what the Bible says. So I said, whatever happens to, to our house to prosper is not in the hands of humans. And I said that to a certain person in authority in a very kind way because we have to say that Jesus did it. He spoke to the, the Pharisees and Sadducees. We can do the same. So let me, did I read, did I read 12? Okay, I read, read 12. Okay, and then um, let me read... Uh, verse, um, I like this one. Okay, so let's go to First John, chapter three. Okay, First John, chapter three. And I want to tell you all that if you're not, if you didn't grow up thinking and talking like this, because I didn't. I grew up in a church that's preaching Daniel and the lion's den, and we, we used to fall asleep and eat candy in the back row. <laughs> that's how we grew up. I didn't understand at all how much the Word of God meant to me or how powerful it was as a weapon. I mean, all I knew is we read the Bible in Sunday school, and, you know, my grandfather was a preacher, and we would get, we'd listen to him, and sometimes he'd fall asleep. And that was it. And I didn't know any of this until I got way, way older, until just within the years that I became born again in earnest. Okay? So I'm going to... Um, First John chapter three verse three. Let's see. I'm sorry. First John chapter three verse eight. Okay. Okay. It says, "He who sins is of the devil, for the devil has sinned from the beginning. For this purpose, the Son of God was manifest that he might destroy the works of the devil." You heard that? Okay. In nine, whoever has been born of God does not sin, for his sin, uh, for his seed remains in him, and he cannot sin because he has been born of God. Okay? In this, the children of God and the children of the devil are manifest. Whoever does not practice righteousness is not of God, nor is he who does not love his brother. Okay? So we're, we are the children of God, okay? And we're righteous because we believe God. Remember I preached the last time about Abraham believed God and counted him as righteousness. It doesn't matter. I mean, I'm not saying it doesn't matter. What makes us righteous is not doing right every minute of the day because we don't do it. 
I don't. I know I don't do it. What makes us righteous is believing God. That's why that whole entire thing I preached last time was Abraham believed God, and the belief itself was counted to him as righteousness. So I want to just, my husband's my uh, church uh, audience today, even though you all are, but you all are mute. So I'm going to just ask him to say something, and I want you all to listen. Because there's a scripture, and I, and I want to say it. Um, wait, let me say that. Let me say the scripture first, and then I'll, then I'll say it, okay? I, it's, there's a lot in the, in the uh, Pentecostal movement about binding and loosing, and you all have heard that. Whatsoever you bind on earth shall be bound in heaven. Whatsoever is loose on earth shall be loose in heaven. You've heard that scripture, and I'm sure you have heard that. But I want to talk about doing that. Because I don't know where everybody is, and the reason, and please, if you all already understand all this, don't look at it as, as uh, me, me uh, telling you something you already know because there's people that don't know it. I know people that have been saved years, decades, and they have no idea how to bind up the enemy when he comes around them and because they don't, they, they don't teach that in every church. They didn't teach it where I grew up. They just didn't. Okay? Okay, so there's two scriptures about binding and loosing, and that is Matthew 16, 19. Okay? Okay? And then there's another one, but I'll just start with, I'll tell you about that one. And I wanted you all, I'm going to ask Terrence to repeat after me. Terrence. Repeat yeah. after me, okay? Right. The Bible says whatsoever is bound on earth or bound in heaven. Whatsoever is loose. Wait, no, not that. Whatsoever is loose on earth or loose in heaven. So you repeat after this. Right. I, I bind you, Satan. I bind you, Satan. In the name of Jesus. In the name of Jesus. Okay, so that's easy, all right? When you hear Satan come along, start doing, talking to your mind, start um, telling you things that you're making you afraid. I mean, even fear. I have to say it a lot. Because I get afraid of different things sometimes, you know, and I have to say, hey, in the name, I'm buying that up right now in Jesus' name. And I told my husband, he thinks, he thinks I'm kidding. I said, if you see me just, if I'm getting impatient and, and, you know, talking or, you know, fussing or something like that, I said, don't fuss back. Just bind that spirit up. It's a spirit. And he said, okay, I'll do it. And so you got to do that. If your kids, anybody's acting up, you know, even when other things come against us, I know enough to know that the Bible is true. If Jesus did this and he, he spoke against Satan, we could do it too. So I'm going to give you some other scriptures on, on battling Satan, okay? That Luke 9 and 1. Write these down if you want to. Um, Luke chapter 9, verse 1. Okay? Then he called his disciples together and gave them power and authority over all demons and to cure diseases. Okay? He gave them power over demons, right? Are we his disciples? Mm-hmm. Yes. Okay, then we have power. Amen. He sent them to preach the kingdom of God, to heal the sick, and then he said to him, them, take nothing. And, you know, he told them some, some examples of how to go to ministry. But the most important thing I'm getting, that, getting to is this. He gave them power and authority over all demons. Over all demons. How many demons? All. All demons. So that means the demon of sickness, the demon of fear, the demon of depression, the demon of attack, the demon of targeting, the demon of, of you know, any kind of thing that can come against us, the demon of anger, the demon of impatience. I've got, I got to work on the impatience one because I get impatient a lot. I, get, I know that I have to work on that. Um, okay, so next, Romans 13 and 11. Romans 13, 11. Listen to this. Wait, is that the right one? Okay, I don't. This doesn't go with it, but I'm still gonna read it. I think I read the wrong one down. But and do this, knowing the times that 
The time that now, it is high time to awake out of our sleep, for now our salvation is nearer than we first believed. Okay? The night is far spent, the day is at hand. Therefore, let us cast out the works of darkness and let us put on the armor of light. Okay? So here's something else about casting out the armor of darkness. We got to cast out Satan. Okay? Let's go to Matthew 18, 18. And write these down or later on you can use them. 18, 18, is that right? No, wait. There's no 18. I said that wrong. 16, 18? Yes, I'm sorry. Matthew 16. Let's go Matthew 16. Let's just start at um, Matthew 16, 15. It says, it's Matthew 16. Okay, Matthew 16, starting with verse 15, okay? Good. Okay, and Jesus said to them, Go into all the world and preach the gospel to every creature. And he who believes and is baptized will be saved. Okay? And I like this because it says he who believes and is baptized. So I know a lot of people say I'm baptized, but it doesn't just say that you're saved from being baptized. What does it say? Who, who, what? Believes and is baptized. Mm -hmm. So if you're only baptized, and people can be baptized and still not even be saved, and that's the sad part about it. You have to believe. The Bible says you confess with your mouth. Heart, and believe in your heart, God raised it from the dead, you'll be saved. You got, you got, you got to believe. So, 16, he who believes and is baptized will be saved, but he who does not believe will be condemned. So see the part that condemns you? It doesn't say who is not baptized will be condemned. It says who does not believe will be condemned. Okay? So you can be baptized and not believe, and you're still condemned. And these signs, I love this little one right here. Ooh, this is one of my favorite scriptures. Because you know what I do? I made a little checklist. Okay? I made a little checklist. And these signs, you can make a list, will fall after those who believe. This is just, this is just show you if you really believe. I mean, these are the signs of believing. Okay? In my name, they will cast out demons. I made a little, I made a little um, list. I said, cast out demons, check, I've done that. They will speak in new tongues. I speak in tongues. My husband does too. We got led in to the gift of tongues when we were both in, a, in some other churches years before we got, a couple of years before we both got saved. We both got married, rather. But everybody don't practice speaking in tongues. And you don't have to, and you're still saved if you don't speak in tongues. However, it's like we said in the military, it's a weapon. If you knew you was in a war, you had like two guns and a, some grenades, I guess. You said, well, I'll take the gun, but I'm, I'm not going to use the grenades and you're still in the war, I'm using every tool God gave me. I'm using every weapon that he gave me. And tongues is a weapon. And it's a prayer. And I, I don't want to preach on tongues because I'll, I'll do that later. But it is a prayer that Satan cannot interpret. He cannot interrupt. And, he doesn't even, and you don't even know what you're saying. So he, don't, he definitely doesn't know. But you're praying. When you pray in tongues, you're praying the perfect prayer because at that point, the, the Holy Spirit is interceding for you according to the will of God. That's what it says. And, then, and I, can, I can show you so many scriptural references about what praying in tongues really means. But anyway, so that's one of the weapons that God gave us. He said, in these signs, and these are, it's one of the signs. These signs will follow up to them that believe. In my name they will cast out demons. They will speak in new tongues. They will take up serpents. And when that says take up serpents, I know that there's some churches that I've seen on like 60 Minutes or something. They go around like kissing snakes and things like that, which is crazy. What this particular thing means is that serpents means any kinds of demonic attacks coming against you that you can, you can endure. You can stand under demonic attacks. It don't mean you can pick up a snake off the ground. I can't stand snakes. I don't even like bugs. I'm, not, I'm definitely not touching no snakes. But this thing says take up service. That means that you can endure hardship. Anybody going through hardship on this, on this line? That's what this means. 
You're a believer. If, you, if you're, you're standing and you're still in the sound of my voice and in your right mind, then that means that you have taken up service and you're still standing because you're, still, you're standing enough to be on this phone call right now. So taking up servants means you're enduring hardships, you're enduring persecutions and all kinds of crazy things that happen to us in our spirit and bodies. And bodies, that's taking up servants. Stuff happens to your bodies in different ways with stuff we go through. But that's called taking up serpents. And if they drink anything deadly, you know, different times I've haven't wanted to eat, in pla- eat places, but you know what? I don't, I, 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 I'm much better now, okay? I'm much better now. Because this says if they drink anything deadly, it will by no means harm them. I'm going to tell you something that happened to me one time, and I'll make it real quick because I don't want to overdo my time. But I, me and some coworkers went to a place, and I felt like something was going to be done to, the, to my meal. I'll just put it like that. I said, I'm going to turn around and go back to my desk. And I did because I saw people looking and pointing that were in the kitchen part. I get back to my desk, and it, it, the day ends without incident or anything. Coming the next day, I say, where's... I'm just going to say Deborah. That's not her real name. It's another, another name. I don't want to say it. I said, where's Deborah? They said, she ate something at that place where we went for lunch. You turned around and left, but we all went in and ate, and she got so sick she lost a kidney. She's in the hospital. I, the Holy Spirit told me that. So sometimes he'll tell you to avoid something, and sometimes you'll just eat it, and he'll keep you from it. But no matter what happens, he's either going to deliver you from it and he's either going to deliver you through it, or he's either going to take you home. But he's in charge. So that time he delivered me from it. Other times I've eaten stuff, and he delivered me through it. And he hasn't taken me home yet, so I'm still here. But anyway, so it says if they drink anything deadly, but by no means harm them. And then next, they will lay hands on the sick and they will recover. So you've got signs. You've got things that, sh- that the Lord told you you can do and, and, and Weapons and gifts and, and, and tactics and, and, and ways to overcome certain things. Okay? It's right there in Mark 16 17. We're believers. And signs follow after believers. And if anybody wants to, I will preach on and I'll ask, ask Dr. Black about tongues because I don't know where everybody is because everybody's different as far as denomination. We're all saved, but I'm saying everybody doesn't, every denomination doesn't believe in speaking. And some people are against it. And I can tell you that it's just a tool that God gave us. Okay? So. And then um, I'll talk a little bit about witchcraft, but I'm not going to talk a lot about it because I would really love to talk about that more during the season when everybody's having all this witch stuff during Halloween. But one of the things that the devil uses, he works through witchcraft. He works through, I mean, he works against a lot of males through um, female seductive witchcraft. And that is a, it's a real, it's real. It's a real, real thing. Some of these people, women do not know that they're doing that. They don't know that they're practicing witchcraft. And some of them actually do know that they're doing it. There's something called Wiccan where a lot of young people are practicing what they call Wiccan and they're, they're, they worship a certain kind of spirit because they do it to get control and power. They do it out in the open. Some people don't know that they're doing Satan's uh, bidding, but some people actually do and they, and they continue to do it. So that's another way that Satan works through us. But I'm going to give you some other things to say, and I'm going to ask my husband to be the audience for this. And I'm going to tell you some of the things that I say. And you guys, have, some of you have done this, because anybody that, that um, practices spiritual warfare already does this, but everybody doesn't do it. So I'm going to say some things, and I'm going to ask parents to repeat after me. What to say when Satan attacks? Repeat after me. I have power over Satan. I have power over Satan. I bind you, Satan, in the name of Jesus. I bind you, Satan, in the name of Jesus. I plead the blood of Jesus. I plead the blood of Jesus over you. Um, 
I'm a believer. I'm a believer. Therefore, therefore, Jesus gives me authority. Jesus gives me authority. To cast you out. To cast you out. Cast you out. Therefore. 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 Be gone. In the name of Jesus. In the name of Jesus. Simple as that, you guys. It's as simple as that, that you can just open your mouth and talk directly to that spirit. Because the spirit, I mean, Jesus did it, and we can do it too. And he, he said all along that we have the power, we have the things that he did, we can do these things and even greater things than these can he do. I would love to talk some more, and, I, and I, I'm going to wrap up now by just saying, just remember these things. It is written, the two things to remember, it is written and the Bible says, even when I pray, I always say the word, I say the word. I say, Lord, you said in your word that, you know, you, uh, you, give us, you give our angels charge over us. You said in your word that all my children will be taught by the Lord and great will be the peace of my children. You said in your word that my, my children will return from the land of the enemy. You said in your word that no weapon formed against me shall prosper. And so you can, you can say that in prayer, and you can also say that to the devil. You know, when somebody says, you know, we're going to get you or whatever, in the name of Jesus, the, my, my, the word of God says no weapon formed against me shall prosper. You know, I don't know what you're going to do, but the word of God says this about me. The word of God says that I know the plans I have for you, plans to prosper you and give you a hope in the future. The word of God says that a thousand may fall on my left side and ten thousand at my right, but it will not come near me, and then any place come now my dwelling. So I, this is what I do. This is what I do. i got scriptures. The word of God says um, whatever is good, whatever is noble, whatever is, is, is lovely, think on these things. The word of God says, I can do all things through Christ who strengthens me. So when things come, you you know you'll never be able to do that. Uh, I can do all things through Christ who strengthens me. So I just use the word. So I want to just close by just uh, asking you to remember, get you some little cards like I have, because I have these cards just because sometimes when I pray over people, I, I say these things. I, if I see somebody with demonic oppression, I say it. I say, you know, um, I bless. sometimes I'm upset. Okay, I say, you know what? I bless those who curse me. I God is love. I mean, I'm, I'm looking at one of the back of the cards. Jesus is the author and the finisher of my faith. He who began a good work in me will finish. And now, I say these things to myself. I mean, you, we got to. The Bible talks about encourage. Who was this person that said encouraging himself? Who was that? David Ziglag. Okay. Yeah. Tell, real quick, he's going to tell you how David encouraged himself. David was under a crisis, a situation that his wife was taken captive with his children and his companions, wives and their children carried off. And David, the Bible says, and um, I think it's Samuel, it says that David, and I'm crying from, from that day on until the, a whole afternoon, after they saw the Ziggler was burned to the ground, there was nothing but ashes left. And the men wept all day long with David, and David found strength in the Lord that he encouraged himself in the Lord. Okay, and that's what I'm telling you, hoping everybody can do, because I have to do it. And I'm, believe me, I'm, we're in battles all the time. I mean, we just, we're just, we just go, go through them, and we go through them by, with the word of God. So I just want to um, ask my husband to just pray me out, uh, just to pray over my um, message that it would be received, and, and then I'll close from there. Father, in the name of Jesus, we thank you for consecrating and anointing and sanctifying this message. Let it reach to the four corners of the ends of the earth right now. As you said, to chew out, to be harmless as, like lambs among wolves. Father, we know that we're in the enemy's camp, and we're in the enemy's territory. But, Lord, you said you gave us power to use to tread over scorpions and serpents. 
and nothing by no means shall harm us. But also, Lord, you said in your word that we have authority has been given unto you. All authority from the heaven has been given unto you, and you have given it unto us. And you said that signs and wonders will follow us to those who believe and walk by faith and not by sight. It's in Jesus' name we bless our brothers and sisters in the refuge of the storm. Amen. Amen. Thank you. Amen. 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 Thank you, Mr. Pim and your husband, Mr. Williams, for joining us again this week and for bringing your gift of an enlightening message on spiritual warfare. Amen. Let us celebrate by listening to a praise and worship song. Sister Kim will follow that by offering the invitation to discipleship.
Amen. We are at the point in the worship service where we will offer the invitation to discipleship. If you are on the call tonight and you desire to accept Jesus Christ as your personal Savior, please remember I'm sorry, excuse me. Um, Please remember, Jesus loves you. He is in the healing business for those who are lonely, brokenhearted, or at the end of the rope. Some steps to take on the road to salvation. Admit you can't save yourself from your sin. Be willing to repent and turn away from sin. And believe that Jesus Christ died for you and rose again. And invite Jesus into your heart to be your Lord and Savior. Dear God, you pray this prayer of salvation. Dear God, I know I'm not able to save myself from sin. I know I'm not where I want to be, and I want your forgiveness. I want, uh, please, uh, believe, or uh, I believe that Jesus died on the cross to pay the price for my sins. Please wash me clean from all sin shame and guilt come into my life jesus to be my lord and savior i ask this in your name jesus amen unite with refuge from the storm church or a bible-based church in your local community start reading the bible and email us at m grace g-r-a-c-e that's m g r a c e 321 at gmail.com to become a member for prayer or for suggestions on how to start your journey through the Bible. Amen. Thank you, Sister Kim. Amen. Now let's let's listen to our closing praise and worship song to be followed by the final remarks and benediction which Reverend Pastor Millicent Black will deliver.
Amen. And what a wonderful and befitting song. Thank you, Sister Helena. D. Minister Pamela, thank you for that wonderful teaching. We need it. We we always need it, but especially those of us who gather around the call this afternoon, this evening, we truly need to know more about how to survive the attacks of the enemy. Uh, Pastor Terrence, 
if you would please sing that song for us, it, you don't understand. It has has a very special meaning, um, and I just uh, believe that that's uh, uh, a, a special message. He's ready. Yeah. Okay, go go right ahead. Jesus said, "I am He." who supplies all your needs. And you said, I will, but tomorrow. Jesus said, take my hand. Won't you please let me in? And you said, I will, but tomorrow. Tomorrow, I'll give my life tomorrow. Don't let this moment slip away. No, please, don't turn and walk away. Tomorrow, I'll give my life tomorrow. Don't let this moment slip away. Very well might be too late. Jesus said, I am he who supply all your needs. And you said, I will, but tomorrow. Jesus said, here I stand. Won't you please let me in? And you said, I will, but tomorrow, tomorrow, I'll give my life tomorrow. Don't let this moment slip away. No, please, don't turn and walk away. Tomorrow, I'll give my life. Tomorrow, don't let this moment slip Thank you, thank you. Ah, uh, gee, goodness. We've been sharing um, in a very calm way um, Jesus with uh, with a certain person over the last week and or so, and and really just inviting him to uh, just walk into the arms of God that are stretched out wide. And you don't know, but you have just confirmed that uh, God is truly, truly, truly 
asking, yes, asking for a response to his love. Thank you so very much. My goodness. Oh, my goodness. I love it. I love it. I love it. We've just completed six weeks of fasting. Cannot, You're welcome. Let's see. Yes, sir. We can't let that uh, uh, moment pass that I would not congratulate those of you who accepted the challenge from the Lord. And as of January 1st, we, we, we put down our sugar and put down our meat and um, pretty much stuck to fruit, vegetables, uh, seeds, grain, nuts. And we added fish because we, we're targeted and our muscles need the extra uh, help there. But boy, God just blessed us. And in some most unusual ways. And I was asking God to send us unusual blessings, show us his power in some unusual ways. And we just have been um, been, uh, been able to and allowed to be channels of his love. So um, Sister Pamela and, and Brother Terrence, you all extended, became extensions of our fasting. Thank you for your obedience. Thank you for your obedience. As we come to a close, I'll remind you all of our, our regular weekly um, services, Monday through Friday for the early risers at 6.30 Eastern time. We have our, our morning prayer, which has also become richer during our time of fasting. We were going an hour, sometimes hour, 15 minutes, every now and then an hour and a half. And since we once we embarked upon the fast, we were almost consistently an hour and a half every now and then, two hours. And so we are so appreciative to God for that time. Um, on Wednesday evening is our, our Bible study, and, and it's going really, really well. We're studying from the book entitled Anchored by Cynthia Kavanaugh. Each week we get to talk about another biblical character and how they handled the storms in their lives. This Wednesday night, come prepared to talk about Nehemiah and how he handled the storm of uh, learning of the condition of, of, of the temple in Jerusalem and, and how God gave him favor to, with the king to be able to go back and start the building of the wall that was to be around Jerusalem. On next Friday evening, we will have our ministry team meeting, I think. I th yes, yes, next Friday is the last Friday in the month. So we'll have ministry team meeting. You all come. That's the church meeting. That's the church meeting. And each one of you are drafted to be part of the ministry team. So come talk to us about how we carry out the business of the church. We are working on and, and, and feverishly trying to get up a website for the church so that we can easily be found. We have our, our wonderful and beautiful and encouraging newsletter that comes out each week. We would like to do something for a, a retreat, some way that we can get together and meet one another, spend time together. Um, I'm kind of toying with the idea of doing it virtually if all else fails. I would really like for us to be able to be in each other's presence at least once a year. 
But let's talk about that some more. Come on Friday evening. Let's do that. We are working on a, a devotional, something to be published in the name of the church that the finances uh, can come in to the church's treasury. We do have a budget. And, and because we have a budget, we do have begun to uh, offer the invitation of giving. Um, you know, one, one of our associate ministers at a church I used to belong to, when she would pray, she would ask God to provide means by which people could financially support the church so that they would also come to know the joy that comes from giving. Um, and I pray that for each of you, if you aren't able to, to financially uh, um, support this church, I ask that you pray about it. If you were, were a member of a, a brick and mortar church, you understand that tithes and offerings are not, well, they're required because God said it. God said to bring your tithes into the storehouse. Um, and in 2 Corinthians chapter 9, the Apostle Paul, though, reminds us that, that God gives the seed for the sowing, and then he gives the harvest. But he, he, he does indeed delight in a cheerful giver. So I pray that if, if you really have a spirit of giving, uh, that just that's just one of your gifts, and then I know you've been waiting on a plan. Uh, sow your seed into the kingdom of God, and uh, refuge from the storm is good seed. And then next Saturday at, uh, at 11.30 Eastern time is our regular Saturday prayer team meeting led by Minister Juanita and a couple others of the members. Um, we always have a good time in prayer. I believe that we're growing spiritually, more able to walk up to our mountains and cry grace unto them. Next Saturday, we'll be back here again. So I want to thank each of you for your presence this afternoon. I pray that you've received a blessing. After we give the benediction, we'll be uh, staying for prayer. For those of you who desire prayer, I think uh, Minister Pamela and Reverend Terrence is going to have to be excused. But if you will allow me the privilege, I'll be staying around to have prayer with you. Let us pray. Father God, in the name of Jesus, we just thank you, God. We are overwhelmed by your love. We're overwhelmed, oh God, by your proving to us, oh God, when you declared in your word that you that you love us, oh God. We thank you that sending Jesus was the beginning of the expression of your love. Him going to Calvary, oh God, was a continuation of it. Him going into the tomb and coming up out of that grave alive was just the culmination of your love for us because then we have victory over everything that could come at us. So, God, as we have heard from Minister Pamela today, oh, God, we also ha have victory over the attacks of the adversary. We just need to use the tools. We need to use the tools. So, God, I pray that as we go through the days and weeks to come, that you would remind us by your spirit that we have the tools that can help us in these attacks of the adversary. And then, God, by your spirit, show us which tool is necessary at which time. Oh, God, that our attacks will end quickly, oh, God, in the name of Jesus. Father, I heard uh, Joel Osteen's daddy say one, one time that, that Satan was, was sorry every morning because he got up. 
John was his dad's name. And so we want to be like John Osteen, God. We want to hear the devil say, oh, me, they're up again every morning because we've learned to use the tools that you provided for us to have victory over the enemy. Thank you, Father, that your word is declared that we are indeed more than conquerors. We're overcomers through him that love us. We're victorious through the blood of Jesus, God. The word says we overcame him by the blood of the lamb and by the word of our testimony about what the lamb has done. And Minister Pamela has reminded us we can't just think and attack against the adversary. We have to speak the word. So, God, thank you for filling our mouths with the, with the words to say, oh, God, as they become tools against our enemy. We ask you, God, I ask you to bless each home that is represented here today. Bless each person, God. Bless their extended families. Cause everything they set their hands to to prosper. And, oh, God, help us to continuously get up every morning rejoicing that you have brought us through another night and into another day. God, we present to you all that we are, all that we are not, and all that we ever hope to be, just for your love for us. In Jesus' name, amen. 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 Thank you. Amen.